Well, howdy, everybody. Thank you for listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. You can call us if you'd like to be a part of the show. That number is 85-LOVE-RED-C. It comes out to being 855 683 Seven three three two. Hope everybody's having a wonderful morning. Today is October eleventh, twenty twenty three. It is a little rainy and cool out here in Bryan College Station, and we are just thrilled. What a blessing it is today to be able to talk to a lovely friend. Uh, a huge gift in my personal life, but in the lives of many others as well. We are going to be talking to Charlene Alexander. She has been a consecrated woman since 1998, and her main ministry is giving women spiritual direction and accompaniment. She is very passionate about marriage and the spiritual life, and she recently finished an extensive certification program through the Theology of the Body Institute in Pennsylvania. So thank you for being with us, Charlene. Good morning. Maria, good morning. It is my pleasure. (laughs) It is always so good to see you and have this opportunity to share something we both love. Oh, likewise. And Charlene and I, we need to share a a snippet of our story. Um, You are in Houston, right, Charlene? Yes, we live north of Houston in Spring, Texas in community. But the nine of us consecrated women are all over and all throughout the Diocese of Galveston, Houston. Fantastic. And I had the, the just tremendous blessing of meeting you about... I think it's probably seven years ago or so uh, through Regnum Christi in Houston. And um, just what a light-filled, just inspiration you are. Again, personally, as I have been blessed to experience all that you do, all that you are. But I know so many women, so many families that have been touched by what you do, Charlene. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, A lot of people, maybe... I say a lot of people, but maybe a lot of people know, and then some people might not know. What is the difference between being a nun and a consecrated woman? Okay, yes, it's the number one asked question, Mm -hmm. and it's the number one most difficult one to answer, (laughs) mainly because most people aren't familiar with canon law. And really, there's only canonical differences. What is similar is that we are vowed. We are consecrated women, both nuns and lay consecrated women. So we've taken the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And in my lay consecration, part of that is living in community for the sake of the mission. A Mm. nun, in a I don't have my definitions all perfectly straight. I Mm -hmm. think the term nun refers to those sisters who are more cloistered, Mm -hmm. which means they live their life, I would say, behind bars that they personally have locked Mm -hmm. themselves in. The way Jesus locks himself in a tabernacle, they lock themselves away for prayer and dedication to the Lord. And they, they have a lot of liturgy of the hours, and I'm sure they have community life. But many of us are familiar with sisters, maybe that we see in habits that are out there, active ministry. Um, 
And we, lay consecrated women, we simply have had this calling from the beginning to maintain our lay status, but be totally dedicated to God. It takes eight years of discernment mm. to make final vows okay. uh, in consecrated life. So it's just as legit as sure. every, you know, we're not on our way to be nuns or sisters. Yes. We are fully vowed and fully in this beautiful society of apostolic life. So mm. now we're talking canon language. We fall under the category of a society of apostolic life, the, the consecrated mm-hmm. women of Rainham Christi within a spiritual family called Regnum Christi. Okay. Regnum Christi is a movement, but canonically speaking, it's a federation. So we're organized as a federation. We have uh, three entities. We have religious priests. We have consecrated lay women, consecrated lay men. Mm -hmm. Then we have lay people. They make up the Mm -hmm. majority of our spiritual family. They're just called sure. Random Christie members. Fantastic. And I know that we do have a thriving community as well here in Bryan College Station. And we do really all throughout Texas. Are they all throughout the United States as well? We are international. So the answer is yes and yes. yes. We're all throughout the United States and we are all throughout the world. Oh, fantastic. Because again, it is um, something that maybe people are not quite sure what it is. And so I'm very happy that you're um, shedding some light and really getting into the explanation of what Regnum Christi is and then how you are a part of uh, that federation. That's right. Yes, because there's this beautiful vocation called consecrated virginity. Mm -hmm. And so a woman could discern that and she would very much be on her own, supporting herself through the work that she does, fully... um, Well, she has the vows and she kind of operates just under the bishop alone. Mm, Uh, But this this community life that we live in lay consecrated life, it's we aren't we aren't the only ones, but it Mm. is new in the church. I'd say it started springing up maybe in the 40s and 50s. And then after Vatican II, John Paul II wrote a letter called Vita Consecrata consecrated life. Mm-hmm. So people can read that if they're very interested in the consecrated life. I love for families mm-hmm. and especially young women and um, professional women to realize it's an option. It's a vocation, yes. you know, and God is calling. Amen. Yes, indeed. Because sometimes we do focus a lot on the vocations of a priest and how beautiful it is that you can maybe share with us that story of, did you always know that you wanted to become a consecrated? Did you, how, how was your calling, Charlene? I don't think I've ever heard that. I would love to hear it. Oh, Maria, thank you. Honestly, my story is <laughs> really good. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait. Every vocation is the most beautiful love story because it's a love story. Christopher Mm. West from the uh, Theology of the Body Institute says, I can explain the Bible in five words. God wants to marry you. God wants to marry you. So on a deep mystical level, the relationship Mm. that the Lord seeks, you know, we begin as daughters, yes, We are all children of the Father and will always be. But the Lord Jesus has a passionate love 
for mm. every soul. And so I discovered my vocation in a very spousal way. He basically proposed. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yes. Okay, I was more actually details. Okay. discerning marriage. I was discerning marriage. Okay. okay. I had a reawakening to my faith at the age of 26. Okay. I was a professional hair designer managing a hair salon yes. of 12 um, and, you know, aspirations to open my own day spa. And um, there I was working behind the chair and managing this beautiful hair salon in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And the gal working next to me wanted to become Catholic. Oh. and knew that I graduated from Catholic high school, <laughs> thought it was a very nice person. So yes. she assumed that I was a good Catholic. And at the time, I was in the seeking phase. Mm. I definitely was not going to church uh, every Sunday. I lived and roomed with my sister. I have one sister and one brother. They're all still in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. <clears throat> Shout out. Ah, hi, Mom. Hi. I'm sure they'll listen to this. Yes. Um, and so... Colleen said, Charlene, would you help me to become a Catholic? And I was like, well, oh. okay, because she really had good motives. Okay. And I saw how she wanted to change her life. Mm. And so I said, yes. And she goes, well, you need to go to these classes with me at this parish on <laughs> Wednesday nights. But I also want you to go to a young adult prayer group with me on Tuesday night. Okay. And I'm like, what? And, and I go, can we go out afterward? Like we were used to after work, have a couple of drinks, yes. maybe go dancing, you know, just a right. real fun single life, lots of travel. And um, I said, well, I'm not sure about that. I don't think I know how to pray a rosary. Wow. And she said, don't worry. They have a booklet that you can follow. Oh. So uh, the other hairdressers in the salon, there was like this sweep of conversions going through the salon. Okay. No. People had heard about Medjugorje okay. and they're all asking about this. And me being oh. the only Catholic said, y'all, you're just thinking of something that happened like hundreds of years ago. And I was thinking that they oh. had just heard about Fatima for the first time. Okay. But no, in fact, they heard about Medjugorje and the possibility of the mother of God appearing to these young people. Mm. And so I'm the last one to believe in the uh, salon. Wow, <laughs> said, Charlene. Charlene, we're all going to this prayer group. You need to go. And I'm like, all right. So they oh. drag me into this church on a Tuesday night to pray the rosary with young adults. Okay. And that night marked my life. September 1992. I realized this is the church I made mm. my first communion. Oh. I was following the booklet. I was praying a rosary. Mm. I was looking at a statue of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, and tears just started falling mm. out of my eyes. Mm. By the end of Amen. the evening, I truly felt I received the grace of faith. I got my faith back. So oh. I was on a faith journey. Mm. And so as I began my faith journey, yes. I was learning more about Jesus being present in the Eucharist. Okay. I was asking lots of questions. Mm -hmm. One of the guys from the prayer group said, Charlene, you keep asking all these questions. I said, do I really have to believe Jesus is in that little piece of bread 
in oh, that box no. if I want to be a Catholic. Hmm. And they go, uh, yeah, it's pretty important. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and you've been asking so many questions. You know, meet me at the church after work, you know. So mm-hmm. I met my friend Tom at the church after work. And he said, listen, talk to him about it. And he dropped me off at adoration. Oh, I didn't even know what adoration was. No, Charlene, that's amazing. So then, so I'm on the fast track of learning. And and I had that conversion, I'd say, of heart first. Mm. But then the intellectual conversion came because I'm studying the faith. You know, the Catechism Mm -hmm. of the Catholic Church came out in 1993. Sure. So we gather as young adults and discuss the catechism and read the encyclicals of St. John Paul II. Mm. And it was dynamic. It was beautiful. So then I finally had the awakening Mm. after about three years of intense prayer life study. Gosh, I think I'm ready to commit. I think I'd like to Uh. settle down. This beauty of Christian Catholic marriage is attracting me so much. And, um, I, I had been working, uh, volunteering at a crisis pregnancy center, okay. and I was so enthralled with um, what was, you know, pregnancy mm. and all of this. And this is something we have in common. Um, I just thought it was so beautiful, you know, the gift of life. Yes. So I was out there defending life and said, well, gosh, when is my turn? I want to settle down. Mm. So I met a very nice man, and okay. we dated. And after about nine months, oh. he proposed. Wow, Charlene. And I said, yes. <gasps> I didn't know <laughs> all of this. I'm so thankful that you're sharing. And what happened that, that next? Well, he had a good friend who was a priest and said, how about if we talk to the priest? And I said, good idea. So we went to the priest and he said, wow, you guys are doing this right. You're coming to the priest to do your pre-cana before you already have a ring, and you already have mm-hmm. a date, and you already you know, have your plans. Mm-hmm. We were open to like a discernment. Okay. So as we discerned along, <laughs> mm-hmm. we realized we had different aspirations of what our mm. Catholic marriage would look like. Okay. I wanted to have as many children as possible. At that point, mm-hmm. I'm very close to 30 and thinking, hey, you know, sure. how many kids can I have? <laughs> and I was just really radical. And he was more uh, quiet, reserved, and he was a very faithful practicing Catholic, but didn't want to be like out there in the public like I was. Okay. And um, so I said, well, do you think we should take a personal 40-day discernment? Mm. And this is after 18 months. Okay. You know, so we're coming that after nine months, we thought we want to get married. For the mm-hmm. next nine months, I'd call it discernment. Okay. And we did the pre-cana. And I said, gosh, we've done everything humanly possible. But mm. Bob, I said, I have this really close relationship with the Lord. And I just feel like he's been silent. Mm. When I go to pray, I'm like, you know, Abba, Father, mm-hmm. what do you want from me? And I wouldn't hear an answer. And I wouldn't hear an answer. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to be faithful, continuing to pray and pray. Sure. And there was a little breakthrough at one point mm-hmm. when I came home uh, 
from yet another wedding or yet another baby shower. I had been in 11 weddings. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> and, a lot. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, when is it my turn? <laughs> and Jesus said, well, I have something. I, I have something to tell you. Mm. And um, he said, but give me some time. Okay. And so with that, I said, Bob, let's take a 40-day prayer discernment. Sure. And so during that prayer discernment, mm. it was a moment of adoration mm. that I understood Jesus was saying, um, you could marry Bob mm -hmm. or you could marry me and, wow. and give me your life. And mm. at that moment, I was able to say, well, Lord, could I be happy without children? Mm. And he helped me understand I would not be a physical mother, mm -hmm. but I would be a spiritual mother. Amen. And so that I could experience a spiritual motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I said yes to the Lord. Hallelujah. What a lovely moving inspirational story charlene and you just celebrated a silver jubilee please explain to us all exactly what that means and how just tremendously important that was for you and your life a silver jubilee means 25 years mm -hmm. and so i have celebrated 25 years of consecrated life in regnum christi wow. Um, oh. From the day I made my final vows, mm -hmm. um, the Lord's been faithful to me. Mm -hmm. And the Lord actually said to me, and thank you because you've trusted me. Mm. So I've trusted the Lord for 25 years mm. through the ups and the downs mm -hmm. and the thick and the thin. And there have yes. been quite a few ups and downs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I can imagine. And just like every vocation. Yes. I mean, I just, um, I've had maybe that a snippet of, of what you do. And um, again, I can't say enough about how, uh, how magnificent it is to be able to, to experience um, the fruit of your labor and uh, the sharing the spiritual direction that you are able to give us to share with us. Um, I, I know that all of that is private and that we speak and, you know, we all speak and when we speak to our spiritual director in a way that is that with that confidence, that it is a sacred, private, very um, just Holy Spirit inspired experience for those that might be listening. And by the way, if you are just tuning in, we are speaking today on uh, our roundup with Charlene Alexander. And you might have heard a little bit of her story about how she came to be a consecrated uh, lay woman um, since 1998. So I, um, I wonder for those that might be listening and are unsure of spiritual direction. What is that? How do I get the chance to do that? Why is that necessary? Mm -hmm. Pope Benedict XVI wrote a lot about spiritual direction mm -hmm. and how 
the church, you could say mother church, really desires that accompaniment for every one of her children. Mm -hmm. Any person really serious in the spiritual life, you Mm -hmm. know, needs accompaniment or let's say uh, deserves, you know, accompaniment in a moment when uh, a soul, a person is desiring to really go deeper and understand more what are those movements happening mm-hmm. in my prayer and in my life? How is the Lord speaking to me and leading me, not mm-hmm. just in big decisions and in important high or low mm-hmm. moments of life, but in daily life? How can I become a saint? Mm-hmm. How, can, how is God asking me to grow and in what virtues? Sure. And that's what a spiritual director is. She or he is someone who is grounded in faith Mm. and desires to accompany others and has a gift for that listening Mm. and perhaps questioning and shedding light for the person seeking Mm. direction. Well, I can't again, I can't, I just can't thank you enough for all of this um, detailed kind of glimpse into, into your life, into what you do. So take us through a typical day in the life of a consecrated lay woman. Uh, I know that they vary. And of course, they're very, you know, they're very different, um, I'm sure, day to day. But just a, a little bit of what would a day in the life of Charlene Alexander look like? Right. So it does vary. Mm-hmm. And it is very different sure. because we have, we have so many opportunities for evangelization. Mm-hmm not only in our vocation around the whole world, Mm -hmm. but here in Houston. I love being a missionary in Houston because there is such need. Mm -hmm. And but for me, in a I think in a more hidden way, Mm -hmm. because of my charism, my gift Mm -hmm. of spiritual direction, my personal calling, it Mm -hmm. takes place in such a confidential setting. Um, but the beauty is we get to be part of people's lives as well. Sure. Since we have the Regnum Christi spiritual family. Mm-hmm. So a typical day begins at waking up um, at 5.45 a.m. Okay. Uh, and going to the chapel and doing an hour of prayer with the Blessed Sacrament mm. that is reserved in a small chapel connected to our home. We have permission from the bishop and um, having an hour of prayer Mm. before the Blessed Sacrament. And then there's a community of religious priests, the Legionaries of Christ, who live Mm. about 20 minutes away, and they take turns as our chaplain coming for Mm. Mass, daily Mass, in community at 7.30 a.m., Okay. And at 7.30 mass, and then at about 8 o'clock, um, people who maybe didn't pray before mass can stay for the hour after mass okay. and have their hour of prayer at that point. Um, if you had a later night or whatever it is, mm-hmm. people are free to organize their schedule in such a way that they maintain balance okay. in their personal you know, life and uh, self-care. Sure. So then breakfast is, you know, on our own, but mm-hmm. we coincide there in the kitchen. Hey, can I make you some eggs? And <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and then it's off to work. Mm-hmm. Some people might go to their desk. Um, mm-hmm. I 
do a little bit of preparation and desk work in mm. the mornings. Unless, okay. for example, I'm giving my monthly retreat or doing mm. a monthly course down okay. at St. John Vianney Parish. Sure. Okay, which is, I need to give myself an hour to get down there. Okay. And so, you know, a couple times in a week, I'm heading down to the energy mm-hmm. corridor. I'm heading down to that Katy area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm heading down to Sugarland. Mm-hmm. And then some of my other sisters that work with the married people, they might be heading up to St. Simon and Jude or St. Anthony of Padua mm-hmm. um, for the work that we do out of the parishes at times. But we also have two offices and a small conference room here at home. So for example, okay. today I have two people coming here for spiritual okay. direction. And we can meet here at home. Mm-hmm. We have community lunch at two o'clock. So anyone that's home at two o'clock mm-hmm. comes. We, we're eager to regather yeah. in <laughs> the day bet. when we can and share how you know the Lord's been working, mm-hmm. share just how we're doing, just maybe relax. Somebody tells a funny <laughs> story. Um, there's just always so much to celebrate as far as the ministry goes. Right. Um, and there's so much to pray for, mm. you know, spiritual yes. direction being an absolutely confidential setting. Mm. Sometimes there's a, there's a heaviness there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, and I can say, well, it's been maybe a heavy morning. Mm-hmm. And so people aren't going to ask me more Then maybe they're right. going to share something lighter or they're going to say, can we pray, mm. you know, with you or for you, or do you want to pray a rosary together? Mm-hmm. So we all do a daily rosary whenever it works in for our schedule. Okay. But shortly after lunch, then the youth team takes off oh. because they've got their youth programs and that begins after school around three. Okay. And, and so then um, about 5 p.m., the young adult team uh-huh. starts heading out and they're working more in the evenings with college mm-hmm. age and young adult people. So then my evenings go to an Aquafit class ah. or some spiritual reading okay. or, you know, working on my calendar, um, this type of thing, preparing my courses. Sure. And um, that's, and then, and then night prayers all together. Mm-hmm. Again, we had, we, we, we really craved the Eucharistic life mm. And being in the Eucharistic revival, mm-hmm. so we have another hour of adoration every night from eight to nine p.m. Oh. So we pray night prayers together. We do the um, Divine Office, the Compline, okay, and we pray that at eight fifty towards the end of that holy hour. Okay. So you know, if you're home, we gather again eight, you know, from eight to nine or eight fifty mm-hmm. for the Compline. And then we appreciate silence in the house. So even those that are coming home late from their events, you know, they're very respectful Mm -hmm. because we have to start all over again at 5.45 a.m. Oh, that's uh, that's a, a wonderful little treat that you gave us into your life. So that's that's lovely. Um, I know that sometimes we we get some idea by numbers. So Speaking of numbers, and I know that um, here in Bryan College Station, we get numbers that from St. Mary's or, you know, our own St. Joseph Catholic School and the Catholic Church here, um, the number of priests, of vocations that come, whether it is from one parish or the other, or 
um, even from here, from uh, from Texas A&M. What are the numbers that maybe you can share um, with the consecrated life? I, I don't really have a good, you know, I, I guess barometer on that. Would you be able to share any of those numbers with us? Absolutely. There's about 500 of us okay. in the world. Okay. And there are about 90 of us throughout the United States. Okay. And there's, you know, probably another 80 or 90 in um, the Monterey, Mexico mm-hmm. territory. Okay. And Mexico City itself has about that number. Okay. I would say those are the three largest numbers that we have in territories. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like provinces. We sure. call them territories. Um, and so there, there are 10 communities within the North American territory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So throughout the United States and Canada, mm-hmm. we don't have a permanent community of consecrated women mm-hmm. in Canada. We have legionary communities there. Mm-hmm. We try to have the full representation in the cities that we are, but the legionaries have more than we do. The sure. consecrated women are about 500. Mm-hmm. I think the legionaries are around 1,000. Okay. You know, and so you know, we're, we're about half that number. Sure. And our communities are anywhere from five to 12 consecrated women in community. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. How's that for numbers? I love it. Yeah, no, because I just, I really didn't know. And um, I just full transparency, I wanted to have looked that up before I talked to you and I didn't get a chance. So thank you for giving us a, a notion of that. Um, Again, we pray a lot uh, for vocations of, of that to the priesthood, but but how important is that as well, right? That we include the consecrated life in, in our prayers. Um, have you, I, I guess you've gone to talk to, to maybe ladies, young girls and so forth that might be called to, to this kind of life. What would you have to say if there is a young lady right now listening that uh, has just maybe been moved by, by the Holy Spirit and hearing your story, what would you say to them? I would say go to our national website, which is Consecrated Women of Regnum Christi, um, and look there. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my sisters in community, Angie Hilburn, mm-hmm. is going to do a five-week online discernment So when you go to our national website, Mm -hmm. you'll be able, you have to keep clicking to follow the location. You know, you you can get to Houston pretty easily. Um, And, and so if someone is local, they can, you know, come and visit. Um, If they are from afar, they Mm -hmm. can just look at our national website. We have our vocations office for the country Mm -hmm. is located in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And they're always ready to arrange visits there. But for any young woman and for everyone's education, mm-hmm. the word discernment, begin mm-hmm. discerning through pr- your prayer. Mm-hmm. It all takes place in the intimacy of personal prayer. Mm-hmm. You must start with at least 10 minutes a day, you know, or strive. Sure for 10 minutes a day uh-huh. to spend in personal contact with God, our Lord, our father, Jesus, mm-hmm. the lover of our souls, 
um, the apostle that we want to follow, the leader who was sent by the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, we follow a good shepherd. Listen for the whispers of the Holy Spirit. If God is putting a call on your heart, He will put that in your path mm-hmm. as well. So you just have to keep your keen ear, the the ear of your heart, yes, um, and listen for the whisper of the Spirit, and just keep seeking, and you will find. Knock, go visit. Uh, Don't be afraid. Right. <laughs> yes. Amen. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I know. Again, because sometimes people are aware of, oh, if I want to be an engineer, this is what I do. If I want to be, you know, a doctor, this is what I do. So you said that it takes eight years to become a consecrated woman. Uh, briefly then reduce those eight years down to what What does it look like if oh, somebody thank you, Maria. wants to do that? Sure. Yes, because that can sound quite daunting. Yes. Um, but no, it comes with a very gradual path. But I'd say after three years, if you're still thinking, this is my calling, or mm-hmm. I want to take the next step, you take your first temporary vows. So it begins, okay. you know, you could say as um, a discerner, that's the first level where mm-hmm. you might live or not live in a community, but we do offer that possibility for discerners okay. to, you know, come live with us. But this is, you know, after we've all gotten to know each other mm-hmm. um, and there's discerner and that can last about a year. Okay. And then there's the candidacy sure. and the candidacy is a year. Okay. And then you have a year um, or maybe candidacy is like two years because at the end of a three-year period, mm-hmm. you can take first temporary vows. And you'll begin with one year of spirituality. So discerning, candidacy, and a year of spirituality, learning Mm. more to pray, learning more what is our charism, our spirituality in Regnum Christi. Sure. And then if it's still looking like a yes on both sides, there's temporary vows. And then you begin um, a college, then you begin university, then you begin an undergraduate degree. Um, in some cases, if you already have an undergraduate degree, it helps for this vocation. Maybe you begin your master's, Mm. but you definitely go into a phase of studies where you go deeper into studying, um, the humanities and philosophy and theology and pastoral care. Mm -hmm. And then specialization will come later, later. So there's another period of, um, three years where after after three years, you want to uh-huh. take another temporary vows, you go for another three years. Okay. At any moment when you know it's not your vocation, you, le- you can leave freely. Okay. You can be released of those temporary vows mm-hmm. um, in that way. But then, and, and you spend a year in living in community after your studies mm-hmm. phase, and so you really get the feel of what life is like mm-hmm. out in the mission, living in community full time sure. before you complete and make final vows. Oh, I mean, yes. Thank you for that journey uh, step by step, because we, again, often don't hear about what it takes. So thank you for 
that journey through the discernment all the way to the candidacy and um, and then becoming an actual consecrated woman. So we've got just a few minutes left and um, I want to make sure we've covered all of the topics that y- you had in your heart to cover, Charlene. So is there something else that you'd like to share? I I know that we had talked before this interview on the phone and um, I was very moved by uh, another vow that you took that was the vow of availability. And um, again, full transparency, viewers might or might not know, but I know you know, Charlene, that I'm a crier, I'm emotional. And uh, and so you just moved my heart and just talked about availability and how we even, you know, as married women, we we sometimes have that um happen to our lives, we, we take somehow this vow um, of availability. So in these last five minutes, maybe talk to, um, to whatever is in your heart and maybe a little bit about availability. Well, thank you, Maria. This is getting personal, but mm-hmm. because I feel so comfortable yes. um, with you and I want to share this with our audience, mm-hmm. um, when you first asked the difference between a sister and a consecrated, mm-hmm. and I tried to express how beautiful and radical our vocation is, mm-hmm. well, we actually take two extra private vows. And as mm-hmm. I told you, one is called availability. Yes. And it's like a deepening in that vow of obedience. Mm-hmm. Poverty, chastity, and obedience are the three vows that make any person in the Catholic Church a consecrated okay. person if they're under those vows. Um, mm-hmm. But our special vow of availability goes with that obedience. It's the way we live our life and our obedience. It's mm-hmm. not a blind obedience, okay. but we try to always cultivate an open heart to be listening for where the Lord is leading, maybe who Mm. he's putting in our path, what he is asking of us. So when it comes to changing communities or changing ministries Mm. or taking on new responsibilities, we promise, we vow to try to keep an available heart always open to hear and follow those whispers of the Lord and it is such a beautiful mm. vow. Mm-hmm. And, but the other one I want to share too, it's a it's it's charity. Oh. It's gospel charity. Yes. And this is why I love living in community because I get to live with people that I know seriously mm. want to live a deep level of gospel charity and love. Sure. And that's building up the people around us. Okay. We speak truth in love. Mm. So that that vow of charity is always to look for the good in others and yes. to help build them up and to create mm. this culture of gospel charity. Oh, amen, my friend. What a blessing and just a joy it is to see you, though it might be through the screen because Charlene's in Houston and I am here in College Station. But Thanks to technology and uh, this wonderful opportunity to share your journey, your faith, your love of Jesus who wooed you, who who just absolutely wants to woo us all. And um, back to my note that I took that God wants to marry you. That is the Bible <laughs> um, summary. So we have uh, two minutes 
um, to fill this air, the airwaves that they may reach the um, the appropriate people, Lord, and that that there is this uh, corner or vast uh, landscape of beauty created in everyone's hearts uh, that is listening to this, um, Charlene. So. Give me just a, a hope, a dream. We have so much going on in the world right now, and I know that lots of folks are, are with heavy hearts just uh, in really tough places. So would you give us all a, a, a glimpse of what your hopes, your dreams, your prayers are for mm. the world? Thank you, Maria. It is that we would experience that intimate love that each one would be touched through any crack that the mm. Lord can get in, that they would be moved by the personal love of God for them. Mm. Because it will change the world when hardened hearts become soft, mm. when um, unforgiveness becomes forgiveness, Amen. when mercy and love are practiced on the, on the most basic mm. level so that anyone who is listening, if you have anything... Mm of unrest in your heart, offer it to the Lord and see how powerfully he will work. Amen again. Amen. And amen, I can't amen. help but mm-hmm. not mention his mother, you yes. know, through his mother, because that yes. can be a tender way that amen. we reach that tender heart of God. Mm. Yes, uh, Charlene, that unforgiveness may become forgiveness. Yes, my friend. God bless you, Charlene. I know I'll be talking to you soon. God does have a way of putting us together. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We will be back, folks, in about 15 minutes with the last part of Roundup. God bless. 